Hi, it's Laura here from the Teaser Pop podcast. If you haven't heard, we've started a book club where Rebecca, Ella Melitis and I select several non-fiction books, read them together and share how we're going to apply what we learn to our work as educators and entrepreneurs in our monthly virtual book club. Now you can read along with us and join the live conversations that are happening on our YouTube and LinkedIn channels by simply going to the Teaser Pop website and clicking on the book club to find out what we're reading and when our next meetup is. Now let's move on to today's show. Talking about self-limiting beliefs in leadership is my guest, Shane Leaning. Shane has been involved in education for over 11 years. He's been a teacher, a senior leader, and a regional head of teaching development for a large network of schools. He's passionate about leadership and organizational development in international schools, and he provides tailored solutions that recognize the beauty and challenges inherent in education. As the host of Global Ed Leaders podcast, Shane engages with thought leaders to bring research-informed and relevant insights to international school leaders. Let's jump to where I asked Shane about why so many people hesitate in taking on roles in leadership. This is a, a real specific but a real common belief that that I, that comes up time and time again. And I think, you know, there's, there's certain leaders in the world we maybe have to blame. I, I think a lot of people think leadership is about good public speaking or charisma. And I think you, I, it always comes to mind for me is like leaders like Barack Obama um, in the US, these kind of very charismatic public speakers. It, and, and it's understandable why people think, wow, that's leadership, because it's one of the most visible aspects of leadership, especially when we see good leaders out there or we see really good examples um, in the media. Um, but it, it's it's a funny one because that is literally just the tip of the iceberg with with leadership and i would say actually it's not it's not at the tip it's somewhere to the side and probably not the most important part and i don't think confidence or charisma is the same thing as leadership um actually leadership is a lot more multifaceted in that it's a lot more than talking uh, just in front of people so if we were to if we were to stick with the politician idea, let's we we were thinking of Barack Obama as this big charismatic leader. We might also think of the former Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, who was well known for her leadership, often really cited for a steadiness in her leadership, her listening skills. She was very uh, adept at building a consensus. These are all uh, incredibly important parts of leadership and not she was not certainly not the leader who was known for public speaking being her greatest strength so i think while there might be people who are shouting the loudest look at my leadership traits and and let's face it they're often they're often men um then it's not necessarily the the be all and end all of um of of leadership I think you've tackled number one really well. We've knocked that out of the park. Shall we move on to number two? <laughs> Let's go for it. So for number two, people may say, I have a weakness in a particular leadership style. For example, I'm unsure how to create and convey a vision for my team to follow. What would you say to that self-limiting belief? So I, I understand I understand that because, you know, I very personally resonate that with my leadership. I've definitely got aspects of my style that, that are strong and aspects of the style that are are still weak. And one thing I would say is no leader is a master of all, all the skills needed um, to be a leader. And I, 
I sometimes, sometimes when I hear it, people talk about, okay, well, you might be weak in an area, but you work on all those areas that are your weak. So you can become this mythical, perfect leader who's perfectly balanced. Yet funnily enough, I've not really met that leader who has this wonderful balance of all skills, because that's actually not, not how it works in real life. And there's a good reason why it doesn't work real life is because when we're working as leaders, we don't work on our own. We're generally working in teams. So if I can maybe share an example, when I was in my um, early leadership journey, I was very lucky to go away and do a little bit of um, leadership training. And I was middle leader at the time, just an aspiring middle leader. Um, and we did a lot of self-reflection at our um, leadership styles. And I soon came to realize that my style was very much as a a visionary leader. It's what I get giddy about. I like coming up with these big ideas, visions, like really researching something at the beginning. And I think, you know, I think I'm pretty good project starter, but Laura, I'm, I'm not a very good doer when it, and when we get going with projects and I probably shouldn't be saying that in the job that I'm in, but I, I, I'm just not. Um, and that was my belief at the time of, gosh, I'm not a, I'm not a great pace setter when these projects get going. Does that mean I'm not up for leadership when i was chatting with the uh, the chap who was who was um presenting he's told me and this really stuck with me he said well you know if you identify that as your weakness what what can you do as a leader um to get by not what can you do to get better at that area but what can you do to get by and what i've realized is actually i've got this strength that i can lean on that i'm a i'm a good visioner and what I need to do when I get down to the the doing part is A, to create robust accountability systems around myself. So to-do lists are my best friend that I must lean on. Otherwise, I just don't do things. And two, I need to work with te my team members to, to say, look, we've got this idea. Hopefully, I've inspired you in this idea. How are we going to achieve this together? And hopefully delegate some tasks that I'm not doing all that work because I know that that's an area... Um, that I need support in, and I think I think that's okay. I don't think the aim is always to to master every every leadership skill. There's no such thing as a perfect leader. Basically, there's a perfect team, maybe, or a great team, a strong team. But this whole idea that we have to be great at everything is, yeah, it's uh, false. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I think you know the person who uh, did a lot of work in this on emotional intelligence, Daniel Goleman, he looked at several leadership styles, which I think are incredibly useful. So you might have a visionary leadership style, you might have a coaching style, democratic style, pace setting, maybe an affiliative, or maybe sometimes authoritative. And the idea is that you flex these different leadership muscles at different times. But he also recognized that we all have a natural style that we lean on. Um, and I think that it, it's good to do that work in terms of recognizing where your areas that you're best at are and your areas that you develop, need um, support with are, and then work with that. I think if you were to go to um, Angela Merkel, even though I'm sure she was well aware where her strengths lied and really played on those strengths to the testament of her, her long leadership, I'm sure if we were to look at the other side, Obama being a public speaker, I'm sure there are that hides some areas where he gets carried in his leadership journey by the people around him too. And I think 
that's that's okay. I think self-awareness is really important. So identifying which areas, and you know, there's loads of online quizzes you can do to identify your leadership style. So maybe we can post a link of, there's, there's some in the show notes for this, this episode. Um, or if you don't do a quiz, maybe you've got a close mentor who can help you to understand the leadership style that they see you falling into and, 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 and how to, how to navigate that. Um, but the, yeah, I guess the main message there would, you don't have to be good at everything. Don't aim for that. Utilize your strengths. And, um, I think as well for TESOL teachers, there may be strengths that have come from your practice already. Um, like you might have been planning a lot of courses. That's kind of a common, a common area. So maybe you're a visioner like me, you're a good front planner, lean on that strength. I think this lends really well to our next limiting belief um, because usually these two go hand in hand and I can see you're nodding like, yep, we're ready for this one. So when people say, oh, I don't have the particular style of leadership, usually the thing that follows is I don't have any experience in leadership. So that's why I don't apply for that senior teacher role or the assistant director of studies, for example. What do you have uh, to respond to that? So, well, firstly, it's true. You've never been in a formal leadership role if you're just applying for your first leadership role. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. We've all, that's always the case, right? You know, there's, you know, everyone makes, makes that next step. So goodness, don't use that as the reason not, not to go because gosh, if everyone did that, there would be no leaders. So remember every leader, even the great ones that, you know, was not a formal leader to start. But the thing that's great about teaching is that if you think about it, you're already a leader as a teacher. It's what we've been trained to do. We're leaders of learning in the classroom. I don't mean that in some kind of, it sounds a little bit glib, doesn't it? Leaders of learning. But we we are actually leading in many different ways. For example, some concrete ways would be we every day have to translate complex ideas into really understandable ways for teaching uh, our students. Gosh, that's no more true than in the field of TESOL teaching, especially. Um, now that's common, you know, that's a really critical skill in leadership. Um, we also are masters often of conflict resolution, for example, between students, uh, between each other, <laughs> yeah, nodding at that. And and between not just between students, but sometimes we have to navigate that cultural conflict between the student and the curriculum we're teaching, especially um, of recent where we're all thinking of equality, diversity, inclusion in our curriculum. We're constantly having to challenge ourselves and challenge the connection between the students and the curriculum we teach. It's the exact same way as you might do when you're managing a team and managing that complex relationship that's involved when you've got any group of humans in front of you um you also have to do a lot of motivating inspiring as part of being a teacher and of course one of the biggest levers of great leadership is being able to give quality feedback and i hope as teachers this is one thing that we've really developed expertise in how do we give um, feedback that is that is safe for the students that that they can action um, and that is meaningful. And it's, you know, these are leadership skills that I think are, are, are very transferable um, if used in the right way to a leadership practice. 
You're absolutely right. And I think as we kind of come to a close with this episode, really taking time to reflect, talk to others, get feedback, or use those resources that you mentioned, like quizzes to assess where we have experience, what we can transfer, what type of leadership lends to our style and our strengths, playing to those strengths, and remembering that leaders are made and not born. And you don't have to be on stage all the time. Absolutely. I think, you know, my, I would say a good, a good activity to do would be to do exactly what you've just said on paper, get it down on paper, do a bit of skill mapping is what I do with leaders usually. So, you know, identify those leadership skills first, maybe do one of those quizzes. What, where are those natural leadership styles that you're settling in? Then maybe think about the leadership skills you use in your classroom and how do they translate? And this might give you an idea of, oh, actually, this is where I think I might excel as a leader. And wow, this is an area where I wouldn't. So given those weakness areas, do I need to get some development in that area? Do I need to get some mentoring? Or do I need to recognize that in my leadership journey, I'm going to have to lean on other people um, for that, which is totally, totally okay in my, in my opinion. This has been really inspiring talking to you, Shane, and I really hope this inspires people who are listening, who may be hesitating, taking on that opportunity or applying for that job to to do so, to take the leap. Because like you say, leaders are not um, born, they're made, and we all have to start somewhere. Absolutely. And, you know, I think uh, it's uh, it's not for everyone leadership, but if it's 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 your calling and you think that actually I could have an impact wider than my classroom then then don't let limiting beliefs be be the reason you don't you know take the leap thank you so much shane for busting these limiting beliefs out the park and for sharing your insights and expertise i really appreciate your time today it's an absolute pleasure laura thank you to learn more about Shane's work, including his podcast, go to his website, shaneleaning.com. The link is in the show notes for easy access. Finally, you can support the work we do at TESOL Pop by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, sharing episodes with your community, or by even buying us a coffee at ko forward slash TESOL Pop. <laughs>